We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. It's Between the Stammers for Friday, December 13th. Ooh. Canucks salvage a winning homestand with a win over the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday. Ole Ulevi news, we get uh, an update on him. Michael Furlan out again. And a couple of questions came up this week. Would you take the Canucks core or the Leafs core? And what's the best Canucks goalie performance of all time? All that on Between the Stammers this week. Uh, since our last podcast, we had the 6-5 overtime win over the Buffalo Sabres on a Saturday, an afternoon game. Then we had the 4-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then, of course, last night, that's the Thursday night, the one nothing shutout win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Art Aronson here alongside Caleb Kirby in uh, unfamiliar territory. This is uh, between the Stammers Studio, what do you want to call it, C? Let's call it Studio C. Okay. Why not? It's kind of weird because we can't look at each other. I know. <laughs> but we're, we're, we'll make it happen because that's I'm looking at the back of your beautiful head. Yeah? Am, yeah. I, am I looking okay? Any sparkles back yeah, there? Yeah, lots of glitter. Ugh. Garbage. Uh, speaking of Art glitter, gets though, glitter bombed a lot at work by the girls in our office. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know I think why. They, I think they got a crush on you. Mm, I don't know if that's it. Uh, so since the last podcast, the six-five uh, exhilarating win over the Buffalo Sabers. Of course, the four-one loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then the three-two or sorry, the one-nothing over overtime win against Carolina on Thursday. Where do you want to start? You what, want to do you, start? what do you think of the overall homestand? Are you happy with 3-2? and two? Yeah, so it was really big to get that win last night for 3-2. and two. Like, you had to have that. Really? Right? right? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I'm a little miffed at the fact that we didn't do more against the Leafs. I just feel like like this this homestand was very important after that road trip, staying above water on that on that road trip, which obviously the Canucks were pretty banged up when they were out there. Um but, like, the biggest thing to me, man, is some of these guys at home aren't producing like we want them to. And um, they're getting the looks, but they're just not converting. And I, I'd say that's probably the biggest story of this homestand, right? Like, Bo Horvat, yeah. although he's putting points up as assists, he's not jarring any. Mm-hmm. And Brock Besser, same thing. Like, I, I thought Besser was one of the best players the last two games. Like, definitely yeah. against the Leafs, was, where he had a, a ridiculous amount of chances to jar one. And then most certainly, like, again, last night, like, he kind of willed that play to Petey to to finish with that backhander in overtime. But he had a lot of looks in that game, too. And it's just like, I know he's struggling, and I know he came out to the media that he feels like he needs to be better. I don't necessarily think that he's playing poorly. It's just like, these guys aren't cashing in on their opportunities. Okay, so you want to start you want to start with the negatives after that one nothing very well, entertaining. Well, I just want to talk about the 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 um, the homestand as a whole and why we are where we are. Okay, right, three and two on the homestand, and I, I firmly believe that these guys are a big reason why it's three and two instead of four and one. Okay. Not that they're playing poorly, poorly. They're just like I said, they're not cashing in as as often as we'd like them to Besser hasn't scored in nine games now yeah. hasn't scored a goal yeah like that's he got a pretty good payday on the offseason and I'm like I said I don't think the effort is lacking I think the effort's there it's just like what's happening is this a confidence thing 
Same thing with Bo. Like, Bo had a, an opportunity at a wraparound last night, and he couldn't get the puck, like, over enough on his stick to try and to wrap it on Morazic. Not saying it was going to be a guaranteed goal, but these players in front of the net right now, or when they're shooting, they just look like they don't have the confidence that they had a little bit earlier in the season. Yeah, well, it's a long season, though, right? And you're going to go through peaks and valleys, I think. And you had the win over Ottawa there. I just, I just think that, like, yes, we'd like Besser. We'd like Horvat to score more goals. We really would. Well, like, dude, think but- about this. We're almost halfway through the season, right? Bo Horvat doesn't have a goal on home ice. Yeah. That's a, that's crazy. And I was listening to um, John Garrett last night, kind of making an excuse for that, for Horvat. Did you, did you hear? Yeah, did you well, see he's his, talking about his matchups yeah. were different and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, he is in the core. He's one of the core four for sure, in my opinion, Horvat. Yeah. I think in most people's opinion – you know that's that's the truth of it, and in, to not have a goal at home yet is insane. And you gotta wonder like how that's gonna affect this team moving forward. Well, these guys have to, and we've we've been saying that on this podcast forever that if the Canucks' top players don't show up, they're probably not gonna win. They're probably not gonna make the playoffs. But if you look at their point per game mark running, and yes, Besser, you know maybe he's not on pace to score forty goals, but. He, he's a guy who could go off and score, you know, five goals in three games. You know, like that that could happen. So I, I, I'm not that worried about who's scoring. I'm looking more I, at the wins and losses. I think I it's a concern at this point. Really? Like to be, yeah, yeah, to be nine games without a goal when you are the guy. Two years ago, this guy was the trigger man on this team before PD came in. Right. And now he's not converting. But he is part of the third best power play in the NHL. No, and I agree with that. And the power play is fine and great. And, I mean, PD converted a beautiful backhand with time and space on, on that overtime. Had to navigate his way through a stick, which was incredible. That was one of the nicest backhands I've ever seen. But, like, I am concerned about Besser. I am. like, And I don't know what a guy like Green does to try and spark his offense a little bit. I know he shifted him down to that third line with Gaudet and Roussel in the third period to try and get something going, bringing Vertanen up to the top. But, like, nine games is a long time. No, four games without a goal. Without a goal? Yeah. But nine at home, I think. Uh, December 1st, was that at Edmonton? No, that was – was that – yeah, that was that was at Edmonton he scored. Yeah, he scored. Okay. I guess nine games at home without a goal. Yeah. Yeah, so I just I, like these guys, like especially at home, they got to be your best players. If the Canucks' home record is not good this season, they're not going to make it. Let's 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 get things right here on between the stammers because we get so many things wrong. Uh, it was a home game that he did score against Edmonton, and that was that was five games ago. So really, he you're he's sure gone, about? Yeah, that. it says right here on the NHL stats. Oh, well. at December first against Edmonton, he scored at home. I wonder if that's the one they gave to Miller later. I know it's on your stat sheet. I, I understand that. It's right but here, like, right feels, here. This is NHL.com. It, hey, it feels longer than that. It does. Okay. And in, in the broadcast, I heard he they, in the broadcast last night they said he'd gone eight games without a goal. Yeah. So that might be a mistake on their part, which I'm uh, echoing. But that's what I heard in the broadcast last night. Mm, I seem to remember that goal against Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that's wrong. He. Uh, his, his shooting percentage still fairly bottom solid, line, 11.2. Bottom line, he's not jarring as much as people would like him to see jar. Okay, fair. 
That's fair. He has 29 points, though, in 32 games. He's still on pace for 30 goals. And he's the type of guy that could go on a little bit of a run, right? So I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about PD either or Horvat. I I'm think- worried about their play at home. I am. I, I like. I honestly think they've been better on the road. Like last night, even though last night was a game that they won, I don't yeah. necessarily think they deserve to win that game. Well, of course they didn't. But what about the game before when they played against the Toronto Maple Leafs where Besser had three breakaways? But that's score. my point is he's yeah. not scoring. That's exactly my point. He has three breakaways, and he's not able to convert them. And I wonder if that's something that's affecting him right now. Yeah, in the short term, though. In the short term. Especially after he gets in the uh, conversation with the media about how he feels like he's playing uh, poorly. He's like, well, I'm not at the best of my game. And I think he's doing a lot of other things well. But the lack of scoring, especially five-on-five, is cause for concern. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think we'd like to see the Canucks score more five-on-five as a team. Yeah. Right? Of course we'd like to see that. But, like, I mean, that's your top line too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are they getting chances? Are they drawing penalties? That's all I'm saying. Are they running play? So, Green yesterday, he did – he shook up the lines there in the third period. He put Besser with Gaudette. Uh, and uh, Roussel. Roussel, and then he, he brought up Jake Furtan, and what do you think of that strategy? Well, I just I, I said that like a minute ago. I was like, yeah, I think that's a fine strategy to try and get him going because he does need to get going. Yeah. You know, and when a coach notices that too, like, there, I, he's, he's playing well, but he's not scoring, and he's here to score. And that's all I have to say about about Besser. And I hope he I hope he breaks that slump because right now both him and Horvat look like they don't really have that much confidence with the puck in front of the net. Yeah, there was a play later on in that game. Where it was a two on one, and I think it was Myers that was with uh, Besser. He had jumped up on the play to make it a two. Yeah, on Yeah, he one. tried to pass it. Yeah. He should have just sniped it. He should have. Also, though, Besser was I think he was tired at the end of a shift on that play as well. But I I'm not I'm not worried. Like he's getting quality chances. They're gonna go in. They're going to go in at some point. It's going to happen. Yeah, but you don't you don't think a guy like Horvat, when we're halfway through the season and he doesn't have a goal at home, is cause for concern? Captain of the team. You don't you don't think that that's a, like an anomaly of a stat. You don't think it's that. a well. I mean, it, it's it exists. It doesn't matter if it's an anomaly or not. Like we see the effort with Horvat, but he's not jarring the goals. He's had two breakaways in the last two games. Wasn't able to convert on either of them. Okay. Well, you don't think well that who the, are we talking about? I, Bo Horvat here or Brock Besser? I'm talking about both of them. I talked about Besser ad nauseum. Okay. And I finished with that. Yeah. And I still think he doesn't look confident. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now I'm talking about Horvat. Yeah. And I don't think he looks confident either. And I'm saying he had two breakaways in the last two games that he didn't convert on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he doesn't have a goal on home ice all season. Yeah. You don't think that's swimming around in the back of his head? Well, it probably is, but I I'm still think that this is an 82-game NHL schedule, and you're going to have peaks and valleys, and maybe he's going through a little bit of you're, a slump. Yeah, here. you're going to have peaks and valleys, but also you're in a bit of a dogfight right now Yeah, where the Canucks right now looking are sitting out of the playoffs. Granted, a lot of other teams have two games in hand, but like everybody is aware that this team needs to go on a run. And when two of your best players aren't converting, whether it's on the road or home, it's a concern. Yeah. I really think it's a concern. So that's Bo Horvat, nine games without a goal. So you heard that about Bo Horvat, not Brock Besser. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm, all I'm saying is that 
both of them need to be scoring goals. Yeah. Well, you don't have to get mad at me about I'm it. I'm not mad at you. I'm kind just of, saying this is what I'm saying. I'm saying both these guys need to be scoring goals, and they're not. All right. It just kind of sounds like you're getting mad at me about it. Hey, the Canucks got a one nothing win last night that they didn't deserve, thanks to the goalie, Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, and he crushed it. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that, obviously. Is that one of the greatest goaltending performance in a regular season game that we've ever seen from a Canuck goalie? Yeah. I yeah, I mean, like, regular season performances are, in net, are rarely remembered, but I think a lot of people will remember Marky for that performance last night. That was incredible. Yeah, let's hear Markstrom talking about it after the game. You know, I, I feel like I corrected the, the stuff I didn't like in the Toronto game, and I haven't played a game and you know, before that, uh, you know, a week or so, so... Uh, I think I was a little, a little too excited and uh, you know a little tense that Toronto game, and I just wanted to be a little bit more loose and relaxed. And you know I, I thought we did that, and you know the guys did a great job, the penalty killers blocking shots, and, and you know make it make it my job a lot easier. Jacob Markstrom after his uh, first shutout of the season. Are you buying that though? Like he's given a lot of credit to his D. Did you think his D was that good last night? No, I don't think the Canucks were that good at all. He's being a good team player. On I that think. One. I think you know, like to an extent, they prevented a lot of the shots. I mean, Car- Carolina is a pretty high shot volume team, but there was a couple ten beller saves that Marky made, probably close to double digits. That should have been goals. He absolutely robbed the Hurricanes last night. Yeah. Right. And I think the Canucks D does need to be better. And I know I'm coming across a little negative to start this podcast off, but yeah, like, you are, <laughs> dude. That was a very important homestand. Yeah. A three and two homestand. Yeah. And. Marky basically stole us that game so to prevent it from being a two and three homestand. Yeah, forty three saves. I think a lot more people in this market would be in full blown panic mode if we would have lost that game last night. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. goes back to what I was saying before about how our best players need to be a little bit better. Yeah. Five on five especially. Well that's what I thought watching the Toronto game. I was like, okay, John Tavares scores twice. That was the difference. Matthew scored as well, right? It was the best players on the Leafs that were able to finish their right? chances that the Canucks best and players And how many didn't. breakaways did the Canucks have in that game? They had like four at least. Yeah, a lot. Right? Yeah. And they outplayed them yeah. as a whole. Yeah. So this is this is my entire point. Yeah, also, it's a fine point, but going, it's also not going to last forever. Also, say that. also going back to the D for a second there, like you know, we harp on Edler and we know that Edler gets injured every year basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they – look like they could use him out there and i think fantenberg since he's been in the lineup has actually been a brighter spot on defense Mm. than some of the guys that have occupied this lineup for a a longer duration of this season you know i think fantenberg looks more responsible in his end than guys like myers and ben right mind you he's only played what three games smaller sample size i agree with you but if when edler comes back or whoever else comes in the lineup and they're looking at moving a guy down. I think Fantenberg's starting to make a case for that guy not to be him. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Injuries starting to pile up a little bit here, man. Like Furland out as well as Edler. And like those are two guys that were supposed to be really big key pieces. Sutter hasn't been back in the lineup yet. Jay Beagle has come back, though. That's nice. Tyler Mott was skating with the team as well. So um are, I you- thought I thought Beagle struggled mightily in that um not only in that Buffalo game that we saw, yeah. but also in that in that Leafs game a little bit. I, I thought he looked better last night, to be honest. Right. Looking at that fourth line, yeah. but I I still think that fourth line is missing something. Is it Tyler Mott? 
could it could be Tyler Mott. Yeah. Tyler Mott is a piece on this team that does a lot of dirty work, right? Like last year he led the team in hits. And when the Canucks aren't out there being physical, they look it's very noticeable and they look beatable. Yeah, Last I, night, a guy like Myers stepped his game up, and as soon as he stepped his game up in the physical department, you you noticed it. You're like, okay, the tide is turning a little bit more in this game. Yeah. So we need the guys who who know how to throw the weight around a little bit more to step their games up too. Uh, before we get into the Michael Furland thing, let's let's hear Green talking after the game. Of course, he talked about Markstrom's play and. Uh, just as team's overall play, I wonder if he echoes what uh, Caleb Kirby just. Yeah, said. it was. Uh, that was that's a good hockey hockey team over there. I thought our team hung in there tonight. Uh, I liked our first, liked our liked our third. Uh, their power play got a lot of momentum in the, in the second period. I thought they got us on our heels a little bit, but uh, you know I like how we responded in the third, and and you know you can see why that style of hockey that they play, and which a lot of teams play, and. Fast, heavy, direct. Uh, it was a good test for our group tonight, and I, I like how we uh, stood in there. Uh, so there's Travis Green after the game. Uh, so right now, are you like just? Are you, you're you're obviously very concerned of what the way this team's playing right now. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, I'm glad that they got the win, and and the homestand being at three and two is fine. But like, they need to start stringing things together here. Mm-hmm. And they, the one of the biggest things that I am seeing is in their own end like there's a lack of physicality in their own end which they need to bring night in night out if they even want a remote chance right and then the other big thing is their breakouts out of their own zone since like the end of october have been atrocious right like at coming up the ice with numbers with speed and basically establishing that zone other teams are are they're disrupting it to a point where like the Canucks are flipping the puck out to the neutral zone, hoping somebody's going to get it. Yeah. That's, right? a, that's a sign of a team that was under siege. Yeah. And, just and it's, get it out. and it's yeah. happening way, way, way too often. Whereas yeah. you go back and you look at this team in October and the way that they were able to skate the puck out of their own zone mm-hmm. over the red line with numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest pieces of playing in this new NHL is transition play. And not only t- like, Getting your ass up the ice with some pace. And I feel like they're kind of losing that right now, especially in their own end. Their own end, they've been scrambly, and they've just been worried about getting the puck out. So they flip it out, and then they get these, like, kind of bullshit half-ass chances where they're going through the neutral zone with one guy. They dump it in deep, and then they try and pursue it. That's fine. Te- teams can do that, but that's a team that isn't confident. They're, they're, they're on their heels a little bit. Whereas establishing an actual breakout, a set breakout, where your centerman is back and your wingers are on the boards ready to take a pass and slingshot another pass out, or having a D-man as dynamic as a guy like Quinn Hughes who can lead that from behind the net if he has some time to get this team coming out as a unit. Yeah, when you when I watch these games, I I think like you know earlier in the season when they were really dominating, even team even teams like St. Louis, like they were coming out and they were bringing the puck out of their own end and being physical and taking the play to the other team. I haven't seen that in a little while. Right? So why what That's is the super reason for concerning that? Concerning five on five. That's, yeah, yeah. Is that you know? is that a consistency thing? Is that just uh, other teams, uh, just playing? better in that game in that moment i don't i don't know what the reason for i it think is. a big part of that is other teams understanding how to disrupt 
yeah. the Canucks, right? Okay, I, I think, think that is, yeah. I think a big part of it is a lot of people didn't know what Quinn Hughes was at the beginning of the season. Now people are accounting for that. They're being very aggressive on the forecheck. They know that the Canucks are undersized back there with two guys who are on the shorter end, the lighter end, right? So they're coming in with a heavy forecheck and make making this team get the puck out of their zone quicker and, and panic, right? And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. The Canucks need to learn to find a way to settle the game down in their own end and then attack with numbers. You can't do that slowly, though. you got to do it quickly. Yeah. It always goes back to, to this for me, specifically. Um, since like the NHL has gotten faster and it's been more a game kind of won in transition, there was those years where Chicago was killing it. They were winning cups, right? Mm-hmm. And then this the year after they won a cup, they played Nashville in the uh, in the first round of the playoffs, and Nashville just beat them at their own game. They were the better team in transition. They were quicker. The D were more confident with the puck to be able to come out and attack with numbers rather than just trying to dump it down the ice, mm-hmm. right? Part of that's poise. Some of that you can't teach, right? Like, I don't expect a guy like Tanev to just all of a sudden be a master of that, but, like, the forwards on the Canucks need to get back to support these guys a little bit better and play underneath the puck. And when they are skating the puck out, they all need to come out as a unit. Other Because if you don't support the puck, your D is going to be trying to dump it down the ice with these Hail Mary passes every time. It looks good when it works, but it doesn't work that often. And you get tons of neutral zone turnovers. And you end up being tired because you're playing a lot of the game without the puck in your own end. Canucks still 8-4-3 and three at home, though. Just 8-8-1 eight, eight and one on the road. So they're doing something right at home, right? Well, 8-4-3, and three, but, like, in this last homestand, two of those were losses. Yeah. And that was coming That was coming that's, back. And that's why and they're I, on the outside I, looking at. And I kind of quote, coming back yeah. looking healthy, right? Yeah. Like, the guys were coming back into this lineup during this homestand. Well, if you look at the team's roster right now, like, last game, you know, which defenseman played the most? Can you, make, can you take a guess? I'm gonna say Hughes. Yeah, Quinn Hughes played 22 minutes, the most, yeah. the most. Then it was uh, Troy Stetcher at 21, and Tyler Myers right there as well. Yeah. Uh, is is so maybe that's a lack of depth. Maybe that's the problem. Your 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 rookie defenseman, a teenager, is he's gonna be the guy that needs to carry the play through the entire. You know, through through an entire game. Well, I, it's every just like night we've looked at we've looked at even some changes on the back end with what they're doing, right? Like yeah. uh, when the Canucks were going through that bit of a losing streak, Baumgartner changed up the D pairings. You know, at the beginning of the season, it was like Ben Stetcher were on that third pairing. Now Stetcher's kind of moved up the lineup a little bit, right? Yeah. All these things are starting to happen. I mean, they have lost some depth. Like, I thought that Stetcher-Fantenberg pairing last night was their best pairing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think it was remotely close, you know, f- on the offensive side and the defensive side. Well, I know m- with Quinn Hughes, you're going to take chances and you're going to make some defensive gaffes. And that's just the way Quinn Hughes is. He's also right? 19. Yeah. No, I right? and I understand yeah. that. Yeah. He's 20, but I understand okay, that. Um, but... To be able to push this play and come out with a more balanced attack through the neutral zone, they got to be better in their own end, and it can't look like they're chasing the game. And too much lately, it's looked like they've cha- they've been chasing the game. Yeah, that's the biggest. That's my biggest concern with where they are now to where we started this season. Would you October. even say that against Buffalo? I thought they carried the play pretty well against Buffalo. They I just they couldn't were, hold the lead. I thought they were pretty good against Buffalo. Yeah, but again, like your offense comes usually from your own end. 
if I mean, you're going to be playing they scored, consistently. They scored six goals. Yeah, for sure. Buffalo. I agree. Uh, I agree. Uh, but three and two, right? Didn't really deserve to win last. Markey saved them. You know, that, that could have easily been two and three. Yeah. So these things that I'm talking about, and again, like, I'm not – I'm not saying that, like, I'm not trying to, like, beat them up. But these are things I'm noticing, and, and I am concerned about these these issues. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, really important going forward. Two games back-to-back this weekend. How am I going to get my homework done? I, I don't know. Uh, we got San Jose Saturday night, followed by Vegas, an afternoon game, like 5 o'clock, an evening game, early evening game, on Sunday. San Jose is a desperate team right now, too, right? The yeah. desperate team with a new coach in Bugner, right? I, I can't believe DeBoer got fired, to be honest. That's nuts. But, um, like, that's not going to be an easy game for the Canucks. Of course not. And then that's Vegas. going to be a tough test. Is, and it, it's so hard Vegas to be Vegas the next day, right? Yeah. yeah. It's very difficult to be Vegas. So what so. do you think? What do you, like, do you think? They got to get a win. They got to win in one of those games. Yeah, they right? got to at least split that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they get it right away, like the San Jose game. Hopefully and then they, they play, what, Montreal on Tuesday after that? Yeah, San Jose has a way of bullying Vancouver, though. So three games and four nights coming up for the Canucks, not an easy task. Yeah. And San Jose has a way of bullying the Canucks. They do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think about Furlan? Like, what's this? Okay. Yeah. What do you want to say about Michael Furlan? Because obviously it's on your mind. You wrote it on the sheet talking about him, and – he came back for what seemed like a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Com- they, compared to before his injury. Do you think this is serious and do you think it's the same injury? I know they've said that it's not a concussion, but probably is. What do you think? Right? It probably is, at least part of it. I, I, I think this is yeah. Even if it's just in his head. He was physical in that game that he came back too. I think he was physical in both the games yeah. he played. The yeah. first one for sure. And then yeah, I didn't see him as much in the next one um yeah i i just because we talked about this we were like is this guy like is this it for this guy's career and then you know because concussions are nothing to sniff at and even though they're not wanting to come out and say it's a concussion it probably is they're not telling us what it is otherwise, right? Well, I said upper body, so who knows? Well, Maybe it's a shoulder. It could be, or, it, yeah. Whatever. Or Usually, <laughs> if it is a concussion, eventually they'll disclose it. Maybe right? he has a major migraine or something. You know? Yeah. It's uh, it's it's very real cause for concern. You can't count on this guy for the rest of the year, if you ask me. He's not going to be part of this team anymore. Do you put him year. in like that like that same category as a guy like Sutter, where you just feel like these guys are are guys who are going to come in, get hurt, go out? Like, everybody was saying, like, I, I remember seeing an article last week written from one of the Canucks media. I can't remember who it was. But anyways, he was talking about how Brand, Brandon Sutter knows his body now. Wow. And, like, this injury that he had isn't as major as, like, the sports hernia injury that he had before in his groin and all that sort of stuff. Well, okay, that's comforting in a way, I guess. But, like, Sutter still missed how many games in a row now? He knows right? his body now? Is like, did his mom write that article? I don't know, but it's just like, it's still annoying because I do think when he is playing, he is valuable. And again, this is what we're dealing with. Even though we've had guys who've come in and ins- insulated it and thank, like, thank the heavens for a guy like Gaudette this year yeah. who has been able to kind of anchor that third line. Granted, in their zone, they haven't been the best, but like, at least they're they're above water that line 
Yeah. You know, which is which is very important. So if you if the question is, uh, do I want to lump Furlan into the you can't count are you, on him? Are with you Sutter? lumping him into that? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can now at this point. I think it's pretty clear that this guy's season got off to a rocky start. He wasn't in shape coming into camp, and we knew we he he talked about not being able to play the same way as he'd like to play, and that's concerning for a guy who was brought in to be physical. I know when you make a statement like that. Yeah, that is like a five alarm bell going off, like in a fan base's head. That exactly, like Benning admitted, he's like, "Yeah, we brought him in here to fill a void that we thought we needed." Team toughness, right? That was another reason why he brought a guy like Ben in on the back end yeah. to make this team harder to play against. And then now, when you hear Michael Furland admit that it's not like I know fighting, a lot of people don't like fighting and stuff like that. I'm not even necessarily saying fighting with him alone but also to be an agitator a guy who can hit and go out there and get other teams minds off their game Furlan right now doesn't seem like he's going to be that player moving forward based on what he even said which is really shitty and I mean like obviously the worst part of this is his own personal health and I'm not trying to take anything away from that aspect of it either like I only wish the best for him. Concussions suck. Like, they're the worst, right? But, like, what's going to be his role moving forward and how much can we trust this guy now as as far as a dependable piece on this team? I think we, you and I both know the answer to this question. Yeah. I think everybody in Canuck Nation knows the answer to this well, question. I think everybody's dreading that they know the answer to this question. Yeah. Yeah. As for Brandon Sutter, hasn't scored since November 2nd, had... Five games after that where he was a non-factor and has been out since November 12th. I don't rely on a guy like Brandon Sutter to get on the sheet that often. What I do rely on that guy for is to play a good two-way game and take some pressure off a guy like Horvat, right? That's yeah. that's all I really care for about Brandon Sutter, and I think he's a great two-way player in that regard. So Beagle, Beagle. Massive caveat when he's healthy. Yeah, so Beagle and Gaudet can't do that is what you're saying. Well, I think, you know, Brandon Sutter's a guy who's able to insulate both of those guys even too, even if you put them on the wing. I think the Canucks are better with Brandon, a healthier Brandon Sutter in this lineup than somebody else in his spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you have both Mott, him, Furlan, all these guys out, then you worry about it a little bit because you're like, where are we going to get this this play from? Schaller's been playing okay as of late, but, like, again, like, inconsistencies in some of these guys' games, and that's why they are on the third and the fourth line. Right? Yes, sir. Anyways, uh, that was a whole lot of uh, digging deep into this team, and we're going to see if some of these guys can... Uh, pick it up with these injuries because injuries are starting to become a story here. And uh, all we heard going into the season was that this team was deeper, right? And you looked at their roster, you're like, this team is deeper. They are. Are deeper. they deeper? Are they well, deep they enough are, to be? They a are deeper because game? they're still in the mix, right? Yeah. And they've suffered a lot. And they're still in the mix, and they still got a pretty decent record. And if they do win, you know, say they win the next two or say they win the next two out of three, they're right there in the divisional hunt. They're, they're right there battling for not only a spot in the division, but they're already they be in the wild card, right? But the thing is, is that this season's only going to get harder. There's a new gear that 
every NHL team hits after Christmas, right? And we're going to see who wilts, and we're going to see who pushes through. And, like, my fingers are so crossed that the Canucks are are going to be one of those teams that pushes through. Another thing but that right we- now, like, the seed of doubt is starting to creep in a little bit due to the, the lack of production and some of these issues that we all knew existed in the back of our minds but were hopefully addressed with the moves that Benning made on the offseason. Yeah, and like we said, if the top line is scoring, they're probably winning games and we're not talking absolutely, about this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Right? So. It, um, is, it is what it is. Another uh, another concerning injury that we haven't mentioned, Thatcher Demko. Another concussion? Did you hear the rumors on practice. this? practice. Well, not the rumors, but they, like it was reported that it was either from a shot to the head or from a collision with Louis Erickson. Ugh. I heard the... Like, that's what the report was. And I, I doubt that it was a shot to the head. I mean, how does that happen twice? In two seasons. That blows my mind. Right? So I think it's the other one. I think Louis Erickson found a way to fuck up our young... That blows my mind. Even if it wasn't him, just, like, that report coming out, like, you know how many people, like, were probably just sitting there, like, like, losing their shit just hearing that message about, about the potential ways that this happened to Demko. I know. It sucks. Um, It's the worst. And... Markstrom coming back from, you know, like he lost his dad and he's not, you know, I, I think he needed that game last night. Uh, you, you need Demko. You and he's Demko. got a contract coming up too, right? <laughs> yeah, Markstrom's got this contract um, signing that is looming over his head. And it, last year we both said, like, this should be a wait-and-see year before you decide to ink Markstrom for how much you're going to pay him. But every time he has a game like this, he's earning more money. Yeah. And more teams are noticing in the NHL. More guys are going to want this guy, and his value is going up. Where is the market for him this offseason? I think Canucks are going to have to They're gonna judge have to... that. Yeah. Plus the expansion, plus the fact that Demko is hurt. And you're going to have to factor in the fact that this is Marky's, like cash-out contract. This is the contract where he's hoping to make the most money so he can exit the league in a way where he's – you know, happy with what he got. And he's going to want term, right? He's not a young goaltender. Jim Benning was on uh, radio in Vancouver. I think it was TSN 1040. And they asked him about the Markstrom contract again. He reiterated exactly what he had, he has been saying, that they think he's a finished product now. I agree with that. Do yeah. you agree with that? I do agree with that. So if you think he's a finished product and this is what he is... You're going to have to pay the man if you want him here. What's it going to look like, a, a long-term extension with this guy? Well, I mean, that poll question that Rich Brown put out a, a few weeks ago might be coming back to haunt a lot of people because, I mean, with the news about Demko, his second concussion in two seasons, yeah. and the, the, the factor that concussions are so hard to get a gauge on, one of the big issues with the first one that he suffered was that he flew, and apparently it made it worse, Yeah, right, is – is how is Markstrom going to respond to all this and him being, what, 29 years old? He's going to want a contract that he's probably going to be able to retire on. This could be his least, last yeah, contract. Or at least yeah. makes it um, makes him available to uh, go out in a way that you know isn't financially damaging to, to him and his family. What do you think works for him? What do you think works for the Canucks? 
I, I think Rich's estimate of seven million over seven years is probably pretty bang on for what he wants. Yeah. I don't think the Canucks necessarily want to pay him that much. Of course not. Right? I think the Canucks probably want something like and, five years, five million. And the and the expansion the expansion draft what a wrench that puts in is the whole a thing. massive wrench in this whole thing. Yeah. Right? And the fact that Demko is twenty four years old. You don't know what he's going to bring. Well, I think Demko's been lights out, especially at home. He's been the one he's been the biggest bright spot for the Canucks at home. I, I don't think he's lost a game yet. That's why you're Caleb Kirby. You know those things. Right? But it's like Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do here. And maybe it just seems worse right now because of the fact that we're uncertain about Demko's status. But um I, I do think this is a bit of a cause for concern right now as well. You know, it's I've never I've never felt like this eerie after the Canucks come fresh off a win, but just like looking at the trends right now, I'm a little I'm a little concerned about a few things with where this team is. But I will say their goal differential still pretty good. Plus, right? Yeah. yeah. Plus ten still. Yeah. yeah. Or plus eleven or something like that. Yeah. So uh I this is this season's going exactly how I thought the season would go. Honestly it is. It's a uh, it's going to be an up and down roller coaster ride and I've been on the record this podcast thinking they're just going to miss. How do you feel about PD uh getting his 100th point? 100th point in 103 games, I think. 40 seconds into overtime. Yeah. Someone said that. I was like, "Are you are you crazy?" Yeah, I I love this kid. I I love it. I love that goal he scored. I think no other player on the Canucks would have been able to score that goal the way the puck like he anticipated the stick deflecting it and he just adjusted. Uh, I thought that was one of the nicest backhands I've ever seen. It's one of the nicest backhands I've ever seen. It was. It's right up there with maybe like a Pavel Datsuk backhand. Yeah, or like Bertuzzi when he was doing that like game in, game out. Right? Yeah, I, I love that goal. Props to Brock Besser for that goal as well. I There's something about Petey that when I see that kid on the bench and just the way he looks, and I'm just like, everything's going to be all right. Honestly? I, I get that feeling from him, I and that's that, that's, I, that's that's and that's why I made a case for him being the captain. I felt that not, I felt that last night with Markstrom. Yeah, I, I was just like, man, this guy is so dialed in right now; it's ridiculous. And then when he went out and he skated to challenge that breakaway and dove and deflected that backhander, and then came back and like tried to like make like an NFL receiver type catch <laughs> yeah. on that puck getting flipped up into the net, I was like, this guy is so on right now that I feel like we're going to win this game even though we deserve not to. True. You know? But what I meant more about PD was I just – I mean overall as a franchise. Yeah. That's what I mean. When I see him and his demeanor, whatever it is, I, I'm just like, we're going in the right direction and everything's going to be okay. I 100% think we're going in the right direction. I just want to see us go in the right direction quicker. Yeah, well, when right? you see a team like Carolina – and the way they bowed out last year and how they fought to the bitter exactly. end and won a playoff series, exactly. you're like, that's what we want our team to be. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. And that was a good test last night, and I'm sure the Canucks learned some lessons from that. Fuck is Carolina's D good. Yeah, like, I yeah, don't know like, how. You got to give them credit, too, right? Yeah. Like, every single time we tried to establish that zone, yeah. like, their sticks were on it. Their sticks were disrupting passes. Their sticks were disrupting, like, lanes for the guys to skate through and they weren't getting penalties like granted they got a few but like man like Jacob Slavin is a hell of a player he is he really I, is Dougie yeah. Hamilton pisses me off but like he's a hell of a player 
And that D is is a piece of business, I think, for any team to kind of contend with. You know what? Al- they play it tight, Matt. And and it allows their offensive players to like really get in fast on the forecheck because they trust that D so much. Yeah. And man, that that forecheck by Carolina, like it was it was tough. And that's why the Canucks could only chip it out seriously because guys like that Fogel guy was driving me up the wall. He was everywhere. Warren Fogel. Yeah. yeah. Fogel. I was like, this fucking guy, McLovin. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Carolina's a really good team. They're I'm good. Glad we beat them for sure. They're they're a good yeah. team, and you know they had just beaten Edmonton the night you know a couple of days ago, right? Uh, I think didn't Edmonton. No, I don't know. Yeah, I, can't I think remember. they beat Edmonton. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure they beat Edmonton. Yeah. Um, but with Calgary playing so well now in seven straight. Yeah, playing so well now, and we had to know they were going to make a run. Like their team's too talented not to make a run. Yeah. We knew that. We had to have known Well, I that. think a big part of that is the new coach too, right? And I think a lot of the times when you get rid of an old coach and you get a new coach, you get that new coach bump. You know, 10 or 10 or so games of a team just absolutely lighting it up. And and I think that might be part of the case with Calgary, but we'll have to wait and see. Yep. They got another win last night over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Fuck the Leafs, hey? Yeah, they scored like three goals in the third, like one after another after another. Let's let's talk about something that happened this week that I was getting lots of text text messages about it. I don't know about you, but during the I think it was the first intermission of the Leafs game. Uh, I think it was Walker and McIntyre and Murph. There were having a conversation about would you take the Canucks core or the Leafs core right now? Walker was very adamantly saying that the Leafs core is what you want. I just think the Leafs are further ahead in the rebuild, but I get it because they actually had pieces, right? I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, like this is an apples to apples argument. Right. Right. I like the Leafs had more to give up to rebuild and they rebuilt quicker and they have some guys who are further along in their developments. Right. Whereas the Canucks are still younger and they're still a little bit behind in the rebuild, but given the players, yeah, like are you are you take gonna, the four best you, players by the are least? Are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me that Pedersen isn't in that conversation of of the best player maybe out of everybody? Right? Yeah. Are you going to tell me that Quinn Hughes isn't in that conversation? Yeah. Like, get serious. Would you take the Leafs' future or the Canucks' future right now? For the next five years. For the next five For years. For the next five years, which 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 team would you rather have? Is that a legitimate question? What? Well, some people were like I, scoffing I think, at it. I some people were like, "Yeah, I yeah. think it's." Well, I don't think it's a legitimate question. I think it's an interesting comparison with the way they tried to set it up and tee it up. Because I mean, the Wait, Leafs are what? obviously not a legitimate question. Matt, <laughs> the Leafs are obviously like national news every time they coming to town throughout the hockey league yeah and because of how exciting they've been the last few years they are a bit of a measuring stick for how how to build mm-hmm. right but um i don't know i i still think the canucks have the two best players like to me hughes and Pedersen, you're gonna take those guys and, over anybody hughes and Pedersen. Tavares yeah. has been around too long to consider him like a new piece of a rebuild he's a nice he's a nice guy to get on your team hell yeah he's one of the right? best players he's, in the world he's amazing <laughs> yeah but like Hughes and Pedersen, to me, I'd take those guys probably over Marner and Matthews. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Morgan Riley. Or those guys are Brock nothing Besser. to sneeze at, right? Yeah. And then you got Morgan Riley, and you got Brock Besser. Yeah. So, I, I, I think in the future you're gonna want. I think you're gonna want the Canucks. I really do. 
Yeah, I just I, – I might be one of those guys who scoffs at this because it's – You think it's a pointless question? I think it's kind of a pointless question. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I'm, I'm glad you brought it to the table. Though, Are you really? I, well, well, it was discussed. It was discussed. So. I got a lot of text messages about it, my friends. And what know? did they say? Well, they just were laughing at Walker saying that, that you know, the Leafs were a pr- like – they're a perennial contender all of a sudden. I was laughing at the fact that Walker was talk- comparing himself to Roussel as this villain who became a hero in this market. Is that how Walker views himself? <laughs> that he was a villain who became a hero in this market? I couldn't believe that comparison. That was that was crazy to me. It really was. I was just like, the ego on this guy. I'm not here to talk down or talk up any... Well, dude, he's, Media gonna, he's guy, comparing but. he's comparing himself to an NHL player in Roussel who was like, oh, he was a villain when he first came in here, and now he's loved by everybody, kind of like me. I think right? he was being a little facetious by saying well, that. Well, he was, but it didn't yeah. come across that well is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought, it, I, thought it was, I thought it was ridiculous, you know? Okay. Yeah. You're not in that Canucks intermission to talk about yourself. <laughs> no. Right? No. I, I, I don't know. I... I if we're going to talk about um, Walker. Well, we don't have to. Uh, but I'm, this is what I have to say about Walker. He gets a reaction. And that's why that's why he has a job. Okay. Yeah. That's, sure, fair enough. Right? That's, that's the way I see him. Uh, that's why Jason Botchford was so unique, right? Like, not only did he get a reaction, but people loved him. Well, I love Jason Botchford for the fact that he was like pretty intelligent about the way he went about it. Yeah, and right? he, yeah, he, yeah, it's it's and difficult very, to do that. Like he's very yeah. witty, and he's a he was a fantastic writer. Yeah, fantastic. You know, and I'm not I'm not comparing Walker to Botchford. Please don't. I'm ever. not I'm not trying to do that. But I, I I think that the reason he has a job is because he gets a reaction, and yeah, he knows that. So. And him, you know, calling himself a villain, I guess on that on TV local regional tv here well it's just par for the course from a villain to a hero right? <laughs> yeah from a villain to a hero Get I, out I, of I, here. I i i i kind of find that funny actually it's well it's funny it. but it's also yeah. like eye rolling you know yeah. like oh my god what are we talking yeah. about here yeah. anyways i think we've wasted enough time on that guy <laughs> okay uh only levy yeah uh we got an update from him about him yeah what did we hear what did we learn his hip is better that's great <laughs> Right? right, like maybe. I mean, well, we <laughs> heard like like the the Tommy Seppala guy comes on during the uh, first intermission last night, and he was saying that Yo Levy's hip is better. And I mean, when he first came in, he had an issue with his back, then he had an issue with his knee, and he's missed some valuable time. But now his and then his hip was an issue this season, but now he's feeling better, and it sounds like this is going to be a long haul for Yo Levy in order to get to the league. But the Canucks are committed to doing it right rather than throwing them to the wolves, which I think is good, right? The injuries suck. I do not want this guy to be a Band-Aid at all. I think our defense is still the most important thing that this team needs to work on if they want to be a legitimate contender to make the playoffs and and go on a run. We need more help at D. You can never have too many defensemen who are ready. I agree, but I think if you're counting on Ole Ulevi, 
You might I'm not be. It I'm, might be. You might want to throw him in there with the uh, Furlan saying, and the Sutters. I'm not saying I'm counting on Ole Ole Ulevi, but I am saying is he's still young, and I'm glad that they're committed to try and get him in the right way rather than throwing him to the wolves. Everybody's preaching patience with this guy, and I think that's the right message for Ole Ulevi. You talked about it last night. A guy who we might get a look at sooner is Brogan Rafferty because his yeah. rookie campaign right now. For the Comets in the AHL is he pretty impressive, right? He looked good, it? and he looked good in preseason yeah. too for the Canucks. What, like yeah. twenty-one points in twenty-six games? Yeah, it's those numbers are good for a rookie. You yeah. know, yeah. I think he's second in rookie uh, scoring. Yeah, you know, like granted he's twenty-four years old, and it's a little bit different because he came out of the college route. But like the Canucks, if they need somebody else or they want to try somebody else back there, that'd be my first guy that I'd go to to take a look. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I we you were on record saying that you thought Uli Ulevi was going to be a part of this team before the season ended. I thought no. I said I said by New Year's he'd be a part of this team. So yeah. I'm off. Yeah. Like and and that's fine. Um, and I really I would love to see him be a part of this team before season's end. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to see any sort of fresh faces on defense come in and make a statement. And that's why I think Fantenberg deserves a chance to kind of stay up because I think his play so far with Stetcher has been pretty good. He's got some really nice offensive instincts as well, right? Like we've seen that from Fantenberg in the last couple of games. Yeah, I, I've been fairly impressed with Fantenberg. He just seems like a very steady Eddie back there. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to have to keep logging minutes here. Who knows when Alex Edler's back, right? Yeah, and that's fine. But like, like I said, the D is still concerning to me because of the fact that they're panicking in their own end a little too much with the puck. Remember when we went into this season, or we were talking about it last season about defense, and you kept telling me that the bottom six would help the defense. Yeah, I said the bottom six would insulate the defense. You kept saying that. And I you still, still agree with that. I still agree with that, but the bottom six is pretty banged up right now, and that is part of the reason why I think the defense is struggling. Okay. I think that's a massive part of it, right? Because okay. who who's taking those defensive zone draws? It's not the top six. It's the bottom six. Right. And when they're not as healthy as they could be, they're going to be in a bit of trouble from, from the faceoff, right? If you're not getting that possession and you're chasing the game in your own end and you're getting tired and you're tiring out your D, your D is going to be tired throughout the game and you're going to be chasing the game. That's just how it works. Right, so you need a you need a healthy bottom six, and you you need a decor that is insulated by that healthy bottom six. In my opinion. All right. I guess I shouldn't have to say in my opinion. Like I'm talking, <laughs> and this is our podcast, right? It's stupid, all your opinion, stu- bro. <laughs> stupid, stupid thing to say. It's all good. It's all good, bro. Uh, let's do something fun here before we fucking Ugh. finish off between the stammers because Ugh. I feel like this has been really like – I feel like if there was a cloud in this podcast, it's you, Caleb Kirby. I'm, a, I'm the gray cloud? You're the gray I'm cloud. Fine. You know what? I'm fine being the gray cloud right now because <laughs> – Is it because we're in between the stammers Studio C? Is well, that the problem? It might partly be because we're in between the stammers Studio C, but like these are issues, right? And yeah. they're not – they're not like unfixable issues with this team. They're yeah. they're things. A lot of these things can be fixed pretty easily. I've right? I, and I'm and I've been on record saying this is how I expected it to be, and I'm enjoying the ride right now. But I'm man, I'm fucking concerned about the five on five scoring with, with uh, Besser and Horvat specifically. Right. I remember like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, ah, it's all good. Don't worry, they're scoring on the power play like crazy. But like, 
those two guys, man, they just seem like they don't have that much confidence. You know? Absolutely. Okay, All right. let's let's play your fun game. Yeah, let's play some fun here. Okay. What's the greatest Canuck goalie performance of all time because some goalies have been weighing in on it on Twitter actually it's one of the it's one of the one of the better exchanges on Twitter I've seen in a while because so let's let's credit Ian McIntyre because he tweeted out after the game uh, on Thursday night in 28 years covering the Canucks that was one of the greatest Vancouver goaltending performances I've seen I agree with him 43 save shut off for Jacob Markstrom I agree, dude. That that performance last night was incredible. But yeah. okay. the, the, here's the thing: is the stakes aren't as high in the regular season, right? Correct. So, like, if we're gauging goaltender performances, I still think you need to look at stakes. And like to me, immediately the one that automatically pops up up in my head is Kirk McLean's performance in Game Seven against Calgary, because that would have ended it, right? That would have ended that run at that moment. And Kirk McLean fucking stood on his head, and it's called the save for a reason. Correct. Right? So that one, to me, stands out. I saw Hirsch tweeted today that he said game one in the Stanley Cup finals against the New York Rangers. That was a big one that he thought was one of the greatest Canucks goaltending performances of all time. Right. What do you have? So we got Kirk McLean. That was the one that you referenced. The 3-2 win over Calgary in the first Insane. round series. Game yeah. 7, McLean made 46 saves yeah. on 49 shots in the double overtime win. Of course, Pavel Burry scoring the greatest goal. Tommy Larshide going, that was the greatest moment in Vancouver. Oh, I still love it. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one for sure. Um, another one I'm considering as well is Roberto Luongo making 31 saves in the Canucks one nothing victory. The last time the Canucks won in that series, actually, that was 2011 against the Boston Bruins. That was game five at home. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, before he laid an egg in game six. Of course I remember that. Yeah, so that, that gave the Canucks a 3-2 series lead. Maxime Lapierre scoring the only goal in that game. That To me, that those are two that I want to throw up there. And, of course, yeah, that game one uh, against the Rangers. Yeah, it's huge. That the Canucks won. I think I think McLean had over 40 saves in that game, if I recall. So that might, you know, if you, if you want to talk about stakes being high, right, that's one of them. Yeah. And then, of course, Jacob Markstrom's 43 save shutout. So. Well, I mean, what about the, the overtime game in Dallas? In the uh, playoffs. Okay, Where yeah. Where it went to, like, what, triple overtime with Luongo? Yeah, and Luongo made 72 and it, saves And it was in just, like, something – like, Turco was standing on his head, too. He was playing against Turco. And Mind was, you, everybody was really tired by that overtime. Uh, that was still, a five. Though, that was a five four game. That's a marathon. Though. That was a five four yeah, game. Yeah, but it's though. still a marathon, yeah. and it's three. Oh, it's two yeah. overtimes, forty yeah. minutes without a goal scored on either goalie when it mattered the most. Like yeah. that's almost a full game. Yeah. So yeah. I think you got to look at that, and um, you know, I, it's it's kind of funny because the Markstrom thing is so fresh in our heads, right? Yeah. Like, and it's a regular season game, but guys, like we had goalies out there, you know, like Cluche. And Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller stole a couple games on an absolute tragic team, but I can't remember the specifics of it right now. Same with Cluche. Like, Cluche had, like, what, three straight 30-plus win seasons when he was a goaltender for the Canucks. So I'm sure both those guys have pretty pretty good performances too. They're just not as memorable and not as fresh. That's why I think the the goaltender performances with the high stakes are always going to be remembered more. 
Maybe this is what a lot of people will remember Markstrom for, though, because it's a coming out party of sorts. Yeah, this is like right? his, so far, this is his career-defining game. Yeah, as a Canuck. Yeah, I agree as with a that. Canuck. I yeah. agree with that. And I think that's why people are throwing that out there. Uh, Fuck, so, he was incredible last night. He oh, really was. Yeah. Like, that That was amazing. Uh, so, some Canuck goalies having some fun with this tweet of McIntyre's online. I don't know if you saw this, but... Oh, about Ed- the guys just sucking it up. So, Eddie yeah. Lack tweeted, uh, what about Eddie Lack's performance in the 7-5 loss against the Islanders? John Garrett goes, 10-9 win over Minnesota. John Garrett's 10-9 win over Minnesota. Yeah. Cheech, you won that game, says Eddie Lack. Don't forget, we were up 3 nothing into the third in that game, so don't try and steal my thunder. That's true. I remember that game against the Islanders with, with Lack just farming it in the third. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that's fun. There's some fun stuff there. I actually even think, I even think one-offs like even Corey Hirsch had a couple of really yeah good games. absolutely yeah in night and I think it was like 1997. Dude, backup Bob, right? Like yeah. there was a couple times where he came in and everybody was like, "Holy shit, backup Bob! He should be the starter." Yeah. Even though his nickname's Backup Bob. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways, it's fun because that was a really that was a really strong game by Markstrom, and hopefully he can build off that because it had been a little while. Like he said, he hadn't played before that Toronto game for a few games. Right? Um, yeah. Now, I know you're in like your positive palace, right? <laughs> well, somebody's got to be fucking. I know positive you're in your. In this I know podcast. you're in your positive palace, but I'd <laughs> I'd go. I'd like to go back to like a a little bit of a. A, a thing that I'm taking issue with right now. Is this because it's, it's Friday the no, 13th? No, no, is no, that no, what this no, is? no, no. It's it's not. It it is Canucks related, but it's not directed towards the Canucks. Okay. okay. Art, where do we live? We live in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. What city? Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. Now, if somebody can please, please tell me if there's a spot in Victoria to watch a Canucks game where. They play the game with some fucking sound in a goddamn bar. Yeah, they don't do that anywhere. Like, it's killing me. It's we, this... have, we have a Leafs bar yeah. two blocks away from where we're recording this podcast right now. Yeah. There's a, a Calgary bar downtown that plays Calgary games with sound. It's one of the biggest night hotspots out there after the games are played and everything. I, for the life of me, have not been able to find a bar in this town right now that is playing a Canucks game with sound on without having to absolutely hound whoever's behind the bar or the person who's serving us to get the channel flipped over. Half the time, they don't even know what channel the game's on. This is something that I've, I've talked about coming, nuts. coming to this town since I moved here, and you've been living here for years before I did, but I was always like... I'm not a fan of the sports bars in this town. So please, if anybody's listening to this podcast in Victoria and knows of a place where I can do this and just like fan out and listen to the game with sound on and everything, tell me where I where I need to but, go to you do know, this. This this also this also And also if you're a bar owner and you listen to this podcast, sort your life out. Like really? This but this also it's goes It's the biggest in, fan base in town. Yeah, well here, this is this is what the point that I want to make. That it's been a while since the Canucks have made the playoffs. We need that. We need that feel back. Like when the Toronto Raptors were making their run last year, they, like, we were going to every bar and they were loaded with yeah, people and yeah. you had that feeling. No, I just, and I, I, I just think Canucks haven't had that I feeling in that. so long. Ag- so we've kind of like lost some of our identity. I agree with that to an extent, but like, come on. You don't have your thumb on the pulse enough to know that this new team 
is exciting. You don't have your thumb on the pulse enough to know that the Canucks had the rookie of the year last year and the runner-up for the rookie of the year the year yeah. before. Yeah. Like, get your head out of your ass. Yeah. Really. I, I just like, think all bar owners. I think all bar owners are, you know, they don't even think of the Canucks. I think the Canucks have they been. Should, they should, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they've been, they've been poor enough for long totally enough. They totally think that this, that this team is good enough that people want to start watching them. Them And I know I'm not the only guy who's going to these bars and asking if I can get the Canucks game on. I've seen other dudes in these bars do it. And I've given them that look of like, what the fuck is wrong with this town? Why can't they play a Canucks game on a TV without having to like basically grab the remote yourself and change it to the channel where it's on? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm with you, man. And honestly, like, if you consider yourself you know, even a remotely good bartender and you got TVs in your bar, you know what fucking channel the game is on. It doesn't matter if it's hockey, baseball, football. Like, familiarize, your, familiarize yourself. Am I saying that right? Yeah, with these channels. Yourself, yeah. With these channels and have them ready for those sports fans that are coming in. Just my two cents. That's my soapbox. It's not directed at the Canucks. Don't you think it comes back to the Canucks? Well, because yeah, but if it's you're not, not successful, people aren't as interested in the team. Like, like it's been a while till I, since I felt that buzz about this team. And that's fine, but there yeah. is a buzz. I'm yeah. not saying it's like, I'm not saying it's electric. It's not 2011. It's not 2009. Hell, it's not even 2008. But there is a buzz. Okay. Right. Yeah. And people are starting to take interest. Interest. We're seeing more Canucks jerseys. How many of those, um, not only black jerseys have you seen this year, but how many of those third jerseys with like the raindrop pattern on the number and the and the. Uh, the green bands across the arms. How many of those are you seeing out there? Yeah. I'm seeing tons of those. Yeah. People are buying. There's PD jerseys everywhere now. Yeah. So these these bar owners and everything, like, hop on it. Yeah. You know? I agree. It's embarrassing, man, that, like, you know, a city like Victoria doesn't have a place to call itself the home of the Canucks when it comes to a bar. And if there is a place like that, please let me know. Well, that's why Email I, I, get very, I get very uncomfortable going to that bar two blocks from us here where we record the studio and it being a leaf bar, I shake my head yeah, every time I yeah. go in there. I and, hate it. And like people saying like, go to Boston pizza, like pound it, man. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. Boston pizza will play whatever games they can get their hands on, but they're also one of those people who fumble through the channels and don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully the Canucks make the playoffs. We're never going to get year. a Boston pizza sponsorship now after I said that, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all the Canucks have to do is make the playoffs and that'll change. Honestly, that'll change. Yeah. I think so. Let's hope so. Yeah. Okay, let's go through a couple other NHL notes quickly, okay, before uh, before we, we wrap this up. Um, coaching firings. Yep. There's been four so far this season. So you got, obviously, the big one, Mike Babcock. Yep. You got the Pete DeBoer one that just happened. Yep. John Hines in New Jersey. John Montgomery in Dallas. The curious case of John Montgomery? Yeah. We're not talking about the... Um, what the, uh, did he the skeleton do? guy here who won the who won the, the bobsled or whatever. No, right? no, yeah. no, the skeleton dude. Yeah, that guy was a stud. <laughs> yeah, that guy's awesome. The pizza pig out guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, okay, yeah. The curious case of John Montgomery. What happened? Nobody knows. Not criminal in nature. Right? Yeah. Did he like bang Jim Nill's 
wife or something? Like, what happened? <laughs> Did he bang Jim Nils? I don't know. Maybe he was banging something. <laughs> Maybe he was gambling on something. Yeah. Who knows? Dude, like, I w- this is the most intriguing story of the week for me. I it, just want to know what he did. Like, here's a second-year coach who, like, he was within a game of the Western Conference final last year. Yeah. Like, really close. Yeah. And the team has been playing really well again this year. Oh, they got off to a horrendous start, but lately they've been piling it, piling it on. And they look like a playoff team again, yeah. do they not? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Jamie Ben's unreal. He's unreal. He's a top ten. You heard player it here first, NHL. ladies and gentlemen. Art Aronson wants to do something with Jamie. Bennett. No, I just like. I mean, I've I've interviewed him and I've talked to him. Really quiet, unassuming guy. Oh, name drop. <laughs> but I watched him play. That's why he brought it up the, the other night, playing against uh, Dallas and going an Andrew, against PKC. He's pulling an Andrew Walker right now, <laughs> making it about him. <laughs> making it about me. No, no, you're right, Art. And I, I and he's from Victoria, so that's why I just want to say I, that. I agree yeah. with everything. You yeah, said. J- he's from Victoria yeah. too. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, but. What were we talking about? Uh, John Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. What the you, fuck happened? I know. Nobody knows. And it's it's one of those things that I'd really like to know. I, I like, oh, you know who else you don't have on this list, by the way? Bill Peters. Canned. Yeah, canned. Bill Peters. Right? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. 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 Those are some coaches that have had recent and, and, success. And Calgary's on an absolute rip yeah. now that he's gone. Yeah. Pete DeBoer, to me, is the most interesting. Well, aside from John Montgomery, because that's just a curious case of what the fuck. Yeah. Hines, you could see coming. Because the, the Devils have been a train wreck. When the expectations for them are actually pretty high, yeah. I don't necessarily blame it all on Hines. I, there was a actually a pretty scathing article from the New York Post this week that came out about P.K. Subban and how he should get, the, like, get off all of social media and start playing hockey again. Well, I right? mean, it's that wife of his as well, you know. Well, like, like that's the whole thing, and yeah. like the the I'm not saying it's her fault clearly, yeah. but like um, he is on Instagram, and he's doing a lot of media appearances and all this sort of other stuff. And I kind of agree with the post that his his on ice game might be suffering for it. And it's funny because like when they picked up Subban this summer like the NHL public relations uh, representative for the New Jersey Devils was amped on it, being like, we got this great brand and P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn with him is going to do all sorts of things for our community and grow our grow our game and everything like that. But, like, Subban has been brutal. It was funny, too, because on, this so- season. Yeah, on social media, like, before the season, uh, Lindsey Vaughn was like taking video of him and going, yeah. oh man, this guy's ready to go this year, yeah. right? So read his numbers. Yeah. This is a first unit power play guy, by the way. So he's minus 15 on the season, but throw that aside. In 30 games, he has two goals, three assists for five points in 30 games. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? Right? No then, power play points. Zero. And then and then did you see that tweet that came out this week too about like it was like Adidas, like official like Adidas hockey Twitter. It's like, oh, he's got it all. PK Subban, vote for him to become an all-star. And like this guy like tweeted back, he's like, he doesn't deserve it. He hasn't done anything this season, right? And then, and then, like Adidas try to like tw- uh, shame him because the guy who said that like doesn't have that many followers, and they're like, "I'm gonna bump your followers up," and everybody else is like, "This guy's 100 percent right." Like Subban hasn't done shit, you know. Like, yeah. And then now, in retrospect, when you go back and you look at that trade that everybody was criticizing, uh, the Montreal Nashville trade, which I granted which I was too, yeah. right? Um, like. 
right now, Montreal looks like they've won that trade. Yeah, which is really crazy to think because, you know, Shea Weber is not the youngest pup in the world. He's 34 years old. Yeah. But this season, he has 10 goals, 16 assists for 26 points, 32 games. He's a plus 11. It's, yeah, it's it's no contest at this point. I, like, but it's so weird because, you know, it's not, what has changed with P.K. Subban's game in the last two seasons? I just really, I really do think it's the extracurricular stuff. He's pulling a Eugenie Bouchard. More than focusing on what he needs to be doing on the ice. And if the Devils are happy with that, power to them. But John Hines might have lost his job because of that. Right? Yeah. So. You know what? That's that's my point. Yeah. Uh, Last season, he wasn't, he was pretty good last season. So. Yeah, it's just this season, whatever has happened in the offseason. Yeah, but, I mean, even last season, like, Nashville's power play was underachieving. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of why they let him go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also they had Ryan Ellis, who can take all that minute. Can hey, take he's all not that bad, stuff. that Ryan Ellis. Yeah, he's not bad Back at home all. and Yossi aren't bad either. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. had depth there, so it made yeah. sense for them to do that. Yeah. Okay, uh, one other thing. You threw at me late. Uh, Tim Thomas. Remember yeah, him? Remember yeah. him? Goaltender? Republican kind of weirdo. Uh, libertarian, wasn't it? Was wasn't he a libertarian? libertarian? I think so. I think he's a libertarian. That's why he refused to go to the um, the, the White House. Oh, I thought he was a big Trump supporter. Anyway, yeah, he, we need to fact check this. Yeah, we do need. To we're fact not, check but this. we're not going to. Just continue <laughs> on with your point. Tim Thomas, by the way, is the guy who we haven't heard from him in a very long time. Took Kirk McLean's record for like best goaltender in a playoffs ever. And beat it with the amount of saves that he made. Tim yeah. Thomas won the Boston Bruins the Stanley Cup in 2011. He did, right? Yeah, I don't think we can argue that. Yeah, we just haven't seen this guy or right. heard about him for a very long time. Like his last his last game he played, I, I think it was for, is it for Dallas? Yeah, Dallas. Yeah. He only played eight games in the 2013 2014 season, yeah. and he just disappeared off the map. Yeah. And he's not very well liked in Canuckland because of what he did. Yeah, and I don't think he's a very well liked guy at all, to be honest. But with you. yeah, I thought what he had to share was pretty powerful. Yeah. So he to came out today, and what what what, what was he saying? What it what like what was the point of him making a media appearance today? Do you have the clip? I do, but you want to set it up. You want me to set it up? Yeah. All right. Well, jeez. Yeah. Now you're well, getting I don't mad. know. I what? don't know. Jeez, I don't know the story. Holy yeah. heck. I don't know the story. He's talking see. about concussions, man, and how, like, difficult they are to deal with sometimes. And sometimes, like, you yourself don't even know what's really that wrong, and you don't want to share it because it's it's something that, like, you can't quite put your finger on, you know? So there's a tentativeness to that. But I really think, like, what he shared about all of this stuff – not only is it somewhat sad, but it's also somewhat inspiring for anybody who has had to go through these types of injuries and looking at the other side of it. Because he was talking about how it affected him, it caused him to re- uh, kind of regret and have some remorse towards the game, but then ultimately accept it and accept himself for who he was. So I, th- I mean, I'm not doing it justice. Play the fucking clip. Well, I just wanted you to kind of sum it up before I just... I did, I did, I did. So let's get her going here. You're suffering, but you can't do anything about it, and you can't even communicate, Um, which is I couldn't communicate with anybody for a few years. I didn't didn't call my dad. I I didn't talk to anybody. And uh, so there was a time period, yeah, where I started to, where I hated the game, so to speak. I didn't get... I mean, I didn't, like, sit there and I hate it. Just, like, um, my rebound effect was, like, <laughs> uh, 
this wasn't worth it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that's where I was then. Um, where I am today is past that. And uh, I, I ended up learning so many lessons out of the experience. Um, it brought me uh, tighter with my family. Um, it taught me a value for life. And a value for my brain <laughs> that I might—I've never had before—and um, I have appreciation for everything that I never had before. So I don't regret anything. There you go, Tim Thomas today talking about his concussion issues. Powerful stuff. Do you not think so? <sighs> well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. uh, we haven't heard about fr- about this guy or from this guy in a very long time, I, and that's why I think I think that attitude too, with what he had to suffer with and how he feels, and and the appreciation he has for for all of these things is incredible. Uh, you know, and uh, my hats off to him. hats off to him for opening up about it. It's crazy, man. Like I, I even that clip alone just gave me so much more respect for that guy. Not that I didn't have any before, but yeah. I, it's like it, it humanizes a person in a in a very powerful way. Mm-hmm. So there you go, Caleb Kirby. Canucks have a big weekend, back to back games Saturday, Sunday against two uh, divisional opponents. You got to win one of those games, if you ask me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, hopefully it's the San Jose one because I don't I don't see him winning in Vegas. <sighs> well, you know uh, who knows? Maybe they take them both, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Art, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Where can we find you, Caleb? Curvy on the internet. At Curveman23 on Twitter. You can get a hold of us both at Between the S on Twitter. If you want to talk to us there, or if you want to talk to at Art Aronson on all socials, or email us between the stammers at gmail.com, please tell us if there's a place in Victoria where we can watch a Canuck game with the sound on. Where people aren't farming it. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Art Aronson on all social media platforms. Also, you can find this podcast, and I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this through like iTunes or uh, Podbean. But we have a pod family at the Zone.ca. Zone.fm. Zone.fm. Sorry, I've I've gotten that wrong in other podcasts. The Zone, and they've gotten mad at me. Um, And there's other podcasts there that you can check out. There's the Geek Out podcast. There's the period posse podcast there's the uh the pj party podcast and they all um kind of forward some of their listeners they at least mention between the stammers on theirs so yeah. well, i thought maybe we should at least mention theirs on ours yeah at I least mean, but once. like get the get the website right right so. we work for an fm station the zone.fm hey i'm I a got, radio I'm, you, a, I'm a radio guy this. i'm a radio guy i don't give a Two flying yeah, used to be an AM guy where the where everything sounded like this, all the audio sounded like this all the time. This is correct. All right. Anyways, you can check out those podcasts. There's some pretty good content on there as well, not just uh, the kind of stuff, so. yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. And uh, good Canucks.